Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting from Logan International Airport here in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts, Boston, Mass. And uh, finally, my my uh, B hat, my Boston Red Sox hat, makes sense here. Uh, a lot of times, I wear my B Boston hat uh, around in Israel and different places, and people are like, "Go socks." Or, or Yankees rule or something like that. And I'm like, I could not care less about that. It's just a B hat. It stands for Bereshit or Baruch Atah or a million other things with a start with a B. But uh, I guess it's representative of the Red Sox. I mean, if I'm any team, I guess I'd be the White Sox, like those Hasidim or something like that. But uh, in any case, I am in Boston right now en route to Florida. I'm just transferring through here. So I'm here in Logan. And uh, myself and Uri Karzan, the Director General of the Jewish Community, we just had a nice little prayer session here at Gate C5 of the JetBlue Terminal, or JetBlue area in any case, and it was just a fabulous uh, little davening time we had here at about 5.30 in the morning or 6 in the morning. And here we are on the way to Florida, and we have to uh, get past Hurricane Florence, uh, which is uh, in the middle between us and our goal of getting to Florida and then back to Eretz Israel. So that's uh, where I am right now, and I'm pacing back and forth in the terminal. And uh, what can I tell you? Uh, the terminal is still closed, mostly, meaning to say the stores are still closed. There's a place called Vineyard Grill right in front of me. What's interesting about Vineyard Grill, which is spelled G-R-I, funny, like, like a like a italic I, and then L-L-E, Grille, um, or Grille, uh, is that the TVs are on. And the TVs are on, like the store is closed, all the chairs are upside down, all the tables, everything's nice and clean, and there's a fence, like a, a gate is closed. But I could just see the TV screens, and, and I'm looking around, and I'm, and I'm seeing all the sports that are being watched. Here's, you know, professional basketball, women's basketball, here's some golf, women's golf, here's the Bruins, the Boston Bruins uh, skating on the ice, and more basketball, and, and a little bit of politics as well, and it's all happening in front of me. You know, people put so much uh, stock into into sports, and I know that many of you who, who, who even though you love the Ishai Fleischer show and all that, you still, you know, love uh, love those you know sports, and you love to watch the professional sports. And one of my biggest critiques about professional sports has always been is that there's just a lot of yes, there's beautiful talent and there's beautiful, you know, athletics uh, and teamwork, etc. There are values there, but generally speaking, it's really a pretty valueless thing in, in the sense that it doesn't accomplish anything. It really is entertainment for the sake of entertainment. These people get paid humongous money for not really doing that much. But on the deepest level, on the deepest level, what is the critique here? The critique is that. It, it doesn't matter. Not only does it matter, it kind of is an endless cycle of kind of nothingness. Like, where does it all go? The victory in these things, what does it all mean? It doesn't really mean anything. There's just, it's almost like a kind of like trumped up mini war of competition. But really, there is no victory. There is no victory over evil. There's, there's no creation of a, I don't know, a temple or a God's world. There's, nothing's really happening here. And we invest so much emotional energy into this kind of nothing, no event, and we care so much about it uh, that, uh, you know, and people, I'll walk in the Kotel with my bee hat and somebody will say, you know, go, go socks or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, go socks? Did you just say go socks to me when we're just here at the Western Wall? And of course, I am wearing a bee hat and, and, and you could, you know, find fault with that or, or laugh at that, you know. And by the way, I'm not trying to now be overly judgmental about anybody. I'm just talking about my, my thoughts as I'm pacing back and forth here at, at, at Logan. 
and and the truth is, is I remember why I bought the B-Hat. The original time that I bought the B-Hat was that I was in Boston for some reason. I don't even remember what the reason was, but it was exactly when, literally when in Boston, uh, there was these uh, those two terrorists, those two terrorist brothers who blew up, uh, an exp- an ex- who made an explosive uh, and, and killed a few people uh, at the uh, Boston Marathon. And I was in Boston when that was happening. And I remember how um, how sad I was for Boston, uh, and how I really felt that this this good town did not deserve that. And I felt that I wanted as an Israeli to actually show a little solidarity with Boston. Isn't that funny? And so that was when I first got a B hat, and I just liked the B hat. I liked it more than like a Yankees hat or something like that. And I like a good rimmed hat for sun reasons, and for basically you cannot get a good rim hat without that. Although sometimes I've been thinking about maybe. Uh, getting a like a white like when you go into uh, uh, into Lids store and get yourself your own kind of hat. So I was thinking maybe I should get a YF hat, but then I struggled with thinking, do I really need a YF hat? Like, isn't that a little too much? So I got a B hat, and I like B. Like the Torah starts with a bet and bear a sheet. It's like a B. Go be something. Be all you can be. Start with you know, and every every Torah book starts with not with the first page, but the Talmud starts with the second page always. You know, so that you never feel like you start and finished. So B. You know, I like B. But uh, at the same time, uh, let's not get caught up in, in a lot of kind of meaningless cycles. And I think that that brings me to our Torah portion today, which is Vayelech. And Vayelech is really the beginning of the end, or the middle of the end, where you really feel that Moshe Rabbeinu is now, the title of the Torah portion is, and he's going, and he went, and he's going right now as we speak. And basically, Moshe Rabbeinu, this is the Torah portion of Moshe Rabbeinu leaving the scene. He's saying, sayonara, I'm outie, okay, I'm out of here. And on the one hand, we're like, what? Like, the whole Torah is you. You are the Torah. You can't leave. But what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us is that I am leaving. And in fact, I'm going to be empowering, uh, I'm going to be empowering Yoshua bin Nun. I'm going to be empowering my number two. He's going to cross you over. And basically, the Torah portion has a lot of the name of Yoshua bin Nun, Joshua, the son of Nun, right? He's going to be the guy who's going to bring you into the land. The 40 years are up. I've given you my last speech and I'm passing the baton. I'm passing the baton. That's not a simple thing. Just think about that. Just the idea of passing the baton. Sometimes, by the way, Jews and great Jewish leaders are not so great at passing the baton. Sometimes we get stuck on, on continuing our power base and not, uh, not giving up our control of things. So passing the baton is not easy. And Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us, I know how to pass the baton. I know how to pass it to the next generation. And, and I know who it's supposed to be. And I know to empower. I know to teach. And I know to show that there's a transference of power. So before your eyes, you know that there's continuity. And, and, and we're going to, we're on Simchat Torah, when we finish the Torah, there's going to be an amazing trick that happens in Judaism, an amazing thing that, that we know how to do, which is, on the one hand, when we finish the Torah this year, and we, we finish this whole, you know, uh, the, the, the whole cycle of, from Abraham to Moses, we're going to start right at the, at the beginning of B, go back to Bereshit, we're back to the future. We're back to basics, back to Bereshit, okay? We're going back to the beginning, back to the beginning, B to B, B to B. I like that. Maybe that's the name of the show, B to B, okay? So back to the beginning, B to B. But at the same time, here's the magic trick. We don't just go back to the beginning. We also go forward from the book of Joshua, the Haftorah. Simchas Torah is, yes, 
yes, we went back to the beginning of Bereshit, but now we're going straight ahead in, in, in a, in a um, linear way to the future. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us in Parshat Vayelech. I'm taking you to the future. I'm not going to get you stuck with me. I don't need the cult of personality. This is about God, and this is about God's great mission. And that great mission... Sorry, one second, my concentration broke with this uh, uh, call for, uh, for passengers. And in any case, it's not me. And Moshe, let's get back to it, which is Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to you, let's start from the start. Let's go back to Abraham, but at the same time, let's go to the future towards Joshua. And that, that shows a hum- tremendous, we all know what Moshe Rabbeinu's great characteristic is, a tremendous amount of humility. And here's how, how it shows. And this is important for all of us to pave the way for the future. Certainly, we have to empower the next generation. That's 100% true. And we have to know how to pass the knowledge and all that we've gained as much as possible to the next generation, at the same time understanding that they're going to go through their thing. So we have to know how to pass it on to the next generation. But also, I want to say, we also have to know how to transition to the next generation of us. I, I say a lot of times the, the mourner for the dead, the prayer for the dead, for the, mor- the mourner's prayer, because I say Kaddish for all kinds of people who passed away. But sometimes when I say it for nobody, for some, sometimes there's a situation in synagogue when there's, uh, when, in the Beit Knesset in the shul, when there's nobody to say Kaddish, nobody's saying Kaddish, so I'll say it. That's, that's one of the halachot that somebody's supposed to say it. So I say it. So I sometimes think to myself, I'm saying Kaddish for myself, for myself of a minute ago and a day ago. I'm saying Kaddish for the past me. I have to be willing to be reborn and start anew. And Rabbi Nachman talks a lot about this, which is the willingness to start anew every single day. And as the sun is rising here at, uh, in Boston, I feel like I'm starting anew. There's a new year. There's a new year. I bought myself a new watch, actually. You know, my mommy and my wife, uh, you know, wanted me to buy a new watch. And I bought a new watch in the airplane. I, I'm looking down at this new Israeli-made AD watch. And uh, it's cool. And I'm like, okay, time is starting new. I'm starting new. I'm willing to start new. I'm willing to pass the baton to a new me and not be stuck with the, with the things that have kept us stuck in the past. So uh, uh, rebirth is an important thing. The other thing about this Torah portion is really two issues that are recurring, which is one is the hard thing, which is Moshe Rabbeinu tells us, I know you're going to go bad. I know you're going to go bad. And I don't know what to say about this. It's a little bit painful to read, but basically Moshe Rabbeinu is like, I know you're, you're going to fall off the derech, as we say, fall off the path. And so next week's Torah portion, I'm preparing you in this week's Torah portion to the song of Hezinu that's going to be a, a witness, that's going to bear witness to the covenant that I've made you kind of sign. Uh, and when you fall off the wagon and you're, you're not with the covenant, then, you're, then, then this will bear witness to what the truth is, to, to, to an agreement that you have made. And in fact... Um, uh, Uri and I, the director general of the Jewish community of Hebron, and myself, were on a plane just now, and between us was sitting a great guy who, who has respect for Judaism but really doesn't believe in God and doesn't know that, he, that we, the Jewish people, are in a contract with God to build a, to build a, 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 a moral uh, a showcase nation for the world and to bring the world closer to godliness. He doesn't know about it. He doesn't know about it because he doesn't know, and he doesn't know the song of his, you know. And that's what we're going to read next week. God says, you, you, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu says, you're going to forget, but you've got to know the truth, and this is the truth. So that part's a little bit harsh, uh, and it's kind of a recurring theme, which is you, you're going to fall. 
I think one of the greatest lessons I've ever, ever learned was a Hasidic uh, a Torah, Hasidic teaching that said the following. It said, it said that sometimes God will make you fall. You will fall. You will eat that pork. You will, you will fall and, and, and in some way. You will, you will look at something you're not supposed to look at. You will fall. And the reason God is going to make you fall is that he's going to test you to see can you get up after your fall? Can you, can you rise up after, after you've tripped up? Can you dust off and say, I'm still willing to serve you. I'm willing to do tshuva. I'm willing to start again. And I'm willing to, to have the courage to get up again and the courage to not be perfect because only God is perfect. And we're imperfect. And the only way that we can be more perfect is through tshuva. Will you be willing to, 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 to have the humility to get back up again? Will you have that humility? So that's something that is uh, not simple. And maybe that's what Moses is saying. You're going to fall, but are you going to get back up again? Are you going to get back up again? I hope we definitely get back up again. And the last thing about this Torah portion is that it talks about the great mitzvah of Hakel. Hakel means gathering the nation on the seventh year, on the Sukkot holiday, the seventh year of the Shemitah cycle. Come and hear the king read the Torah. Come, all of you. Come to Yerushalayim on the seventh year and hear the king. Uh, reverberate the, the Torah in your ears from me, from God, from me, Moses, and to now the king, the next generation, and he's going to gather all of you. Come to Yerushalayim and hear the truth, hear the capital T truth of, uh, of, of God and Vahakel, and see, all the, see the rest of the nation that is with us together. See us all together. See that giant blessing that is Israel. All right, folks, so as uh, we're winding down here, the Parshat Vayelech, there's just one more topic that we have to talk about, and that is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is coming, and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to speak to you before Yom Kippur, so one thing that I do have to tell you about Yom Kippur is that, um, is that Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is, is the big day, it's the big show, it's the showdown between us uh, and the, uh, the evil inclination. And it's, and it's really, at the same time, a day that is really a wedding between us and God. And so, yes, there's repentance. Yes, there's fasting. Yes, it's, it's, um, there's an element which is uh, very, 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 very intense and very challenging. And it's an awesome day to get to. It's an awesome day to overcome. And I thank you, God, for giving us a religion, a Torah, that, that always is pushing us, is challenging us. Yom Kippur is a day that's trying to... You know, it's almost like, can you cry for real at Ne'ilah after 25 hours of not eating and drinking? When your body's dried out, can you, can you squeeze some drops out of your eyes that are real and say, God, I want to get closer to you? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the bottom line, real request of Judaism. God, can I come closer to you? Yes, you can through doing, our, doing the Torah and mitzvot, through, through, through staying away from things that distance you from me, from learning my Torah. But in general, yes, you can. But you've got to ask. I want to get closer to you. That's what Yom Kippur is about. The world is also set up, in some ways, to block you from get, getting closer. There is the, the dark energies, the anti-energies, and they want to stand up and accuse you. They want to st- stand up and block you. And that's why... Weirdly and amazingly and very, very cool is that we have this thing called the Seer Lazazel, the, uh, the scapegoat, right? The scapegoat is like, okay, there is a dark energy in this world. You have to respect that. Respect the enemy. Respect the other side and respect the fact that, uh, 
that that there is this uh, force that needs to be pacified, ameliorated, given credence to, given respect to, and that's what the scapegoat is. It's like a, it's like give a little bit to the other side, give a little bit to to your uh, to to the challengers against Israel, folks. We're not just playing a, a this is not just professional sports. This is a humongous battle for supremacy for who's king in this world can we bring godliness into this world can we uh, overcome all the challengers and they can be political challengers they could be uh, haters of israel anti-semites and of course the the you know the, the great hitler like respect the hitler in this world respect that he's out there to stop you right i don't mean respect like love people don't understand what i mean by that respect your enemy like understand that they are for real and that they mean it and that you have to be Gosh darn it, just as good, if not better. You got to be intense about your fight against Amalek. And uh, this week I had this kind of small realization that, that, when I, that when I think about where I am, Yishai Fleischer, where I am, where's my neshama, I realized that my neshama is exactly between uh, Kitetza and Kitavo, the break between when we talk about Amalek and then when we come into the land. Right when we when we when we see the 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 the, the evils uh, of our enemy that wants to stop us, which is Amalek and all of its different manifestations, and Kitavo coming back into the land, right there is like my place. That's 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 where I am in life, and 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 I urge you to also join me there. Come come visit. Let's meet there, which is like this place where we know our enemies on the one hand, we're willing to fight them on the other hand, the ecstasy of coming back to the land of Israel. Those things together. That's. That's exactly where we have to fit. And I think that's what Yom Kippur is about this year. And I hope to have the great merit to be on the Mount of Olives this Yom Kippur and look down onto the Temple Mount. And uh, maybe, 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 Bezrat Hashem, maybe this year, and if not this year, definitely next year, we'll see a temple there and uh, the, the high priest uh, serving in, in precision Swiss mechanized fashion uh, serving Hashem uh, with his uh, with his uh, mechanics uh, of Yom Kippur, and we will do penitence, we will do tshuva, and we will come to um, we will come to a place where we are really asking Hashem to get closer to Him, where we accept His Torah, where we're, we say, even though we don't understand everything, we accept it, we understand your perfectness, and we'll serve you with perfect simplicity as well, with, with, with complexity, with, 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 with knowledge, with, 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 with questions, and then at the same time with a kind of simplicity, we can, we can embrace some of those dichotomies. And I find, by the way, just a piece of advice to you, if you can embrace dichotomies, you could deal a lot better with this world and with God and with Judaism and with yourself. Embrace dichotomies. Embracing dichotomies is not easy, but it is doable. Okay, folks, embrace the dichotomies. You'll see sometimes dichotomies are actually beautiful things. There's something about dichotomies which actually by the embrace of the dichotomy you get to a deeper truth. When you're actually able to understand both sides, for example, what Rabbi Mike and myself are always talking about, which is the uh, universal and the particular, uh, when you understand that Israel is on the one hand, stands alone, on the other hand, it's with all the nations. That's just one example. To, when you embrace the dichotomy, you come to a much... When you can say this is true and this is true, remember the famous uh, line in Fiddler on the Roof? You're right, you're right. He's also right. You're also right, right? How can they both be right? You're also right. Meaning to say, when you, when you can embrace sometimes certain dichotomies in your head and understand that, that in a sense they're both true, that there's two sides to a coin, to use uh, the, that cliched idiom, 
when you can understand that, then, then you'll come to a much... Sometimes when I see people who are holding onto one side and can't understand that there's another side or that, there's, that Israel is both Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, that's another dichotomy. Both of those things are true. Israel is both Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. When you can embrace those dichotomies, you come to a much greater sense of wholeness because this world has certain dichotomies. They're actually beautiful together when, they, when they're together. In any case, I want to wish you a Shana Tova, a blessed new year. I'm feeling the blessings coming down. I want to send you the blessings. I want to thank the people who send me their blessings in order to bless more people in this world. Israel is the land of blessings. I want to thank the people of blessings. That's the donors to the Yishai Fleischer Show, uh, donors to our various projects. Thank you so much for going to YishaiFleischer.com. And if you could sign up for, for a monthly donation, and those that have really, I can't express how much you have made everything possible. So I want to thank you very much. And anybody else who wants to join in, certainly uh, we can dedicate a show in your, in your name or a loved one's name, whatever it is. There's a million ways to connect. I want to thank the Jewish community of Hebron and the Director General Uri Karzen and also Dan Rosenstein, the Director of the Hebron Fund. Come on our amazing trips. We have VIP trips. We have uh, regular trips every single week with uh, the great Simcha Hachmam. Please come in and, and meet the fathers and mothers. And of course, I want to thank all the other people around the Eretz Israel who are doing great things, like my good friend Zev Ornstein at City of David and Davida Ivri out in the Shamron. So many people are doing great stuff. Uh, uh, Avi Zimmerman at uh, at Ariel, friends of Ariel, there's so many people who are doing beautiful and amazing stuff. I wish I could mention all of you guys, but anybody's out there listening, connect, connect through these connectors. That's what they're out there to do. So I want to thank everybody there, and especially folks at Chevron for me because that's where I work. I, got, I have the great honor and privilege of representing Avraham and Sarah and the rest of the forefathers and mothers in Hebron. So I want to wish all of you a Shana, Shana, Shana Tova. Uh, many of you also uh, wrote to me about uh, getting your Tchelet book. I wrote you back, those of you who won, and also uh, the True Blue Jews. All of you, are we are True Blue Jews. I see the Jet Blue sign right here. So we're tr- True Blue Jews right now. We're True Jet Blue Jews. <laughs> Jet Blue Jews. <laughs> Jet blue, jet blue blues Jews. Jet blue Jews. Maybe I should call myself Jet Blue Jews. I don't know if this show should I call it? Should I call it B to B or Jet Blue Jew? Uh, maybe Jet Blue Jew will get more clicks. In any case, God bless you wherever you are. Write me an email: Yishai at the land of How could I forget? How could I forget to mention the greatest radio network that has ever, ever existed? Um, I, found, I feel like I'm sounding like Jeremy Gimpel. The greatest single radio network that ever existed in all time, okay? And that is the Land of Israel Network. Great shows. Thank you so much. I was with uh, Shlomo Katz uh, for uh, Rosh Hashanah Davening. Woo! Highest of the high. Okay, deepest of the deep, highest of the high. It was fabulous. And I got a chance to speak before Shofar. Shlomo Katz, Rabbi Shlomo Katz asked me, little me, to speak in his shul. Erev, minutes before, the, right before the shofar blast on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Now that, my friends, is a great and awesome merit and challenge. And I was very honored to have that opportunity. And he's got a great radio show here in our network, including, but there's others, including uh, Josh Haston uh, and, uh, and Ari Jeremy and Shlomo Katz and Eve Harrow, of course, our, our, uh, the, the mom of us all, Eve Harrow. Uh, and and Gil Hoffman, of course. There's wonderful, wonderful networks, wonderful network, wonderful shows. And I want to thank the folks who also make it possible. And that is Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, and Tabitha, who make the Ishai Fleischer show possible. So 
Check out the rest of the shows on thelandofisrael.com. Check out my, the rest of my, what I'm doing up at uh, yishaifleischer.com. In any case, check out what, uh, what, what God is up to this Yom Kippur and hear his broadcast because he's broadcasting loud and clear from Zion to the world because it's coming to you, okay? And if you hear the call, of course, if you hear the great shofar coming into the land of Israel, we miss you. So folks, stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. God bless you from beautiful Boston International Airport, Logan Airport here at, uh, at uh, Boston International Go Bruins and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> clam chowder and confession and all that kind of stuff that happens in Boston <laughs> and I'll see you soon God bless you and Shalom This week on Israel Uncensored with Josh Haston tune in to an exclusive interview with Jason Greenblatt White House Chief Envoy to the Middle East. At the end of the day, if we don't resolve the situation in Gaza, it will be an obstacle on the road to peace. So separate from the humanitarian issue, Hamas itself is an obstacle on the road to peace. That's Israel Uncensored with Josh Haston on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.